Hello, welcome back. Hey. I'm Lindsay. I'm Dana. And this is Tipsy Trials. Man, I was so close to ordering gavels this week and I didn't do it. (laughs) (laughs) One of these days. One of these days. Because this is an official... Judgment we're making here. Yes, this is law after we say it. Right. If we say it's good, it's good. Yeah. And if you don't agree, you broke the law. You can get out. I can't do the Fred Armisen from Parks and Rec straight (laughs) to jail. I will let myself down. I'm not an accent person. I am not an actress. Yeah, I'm always very afraid of like... Just being offensive. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Lucas has started doing this thing where he tries to do a British accent. And I'm like, buddy, you just got to stop because it's so bad. British is one of those, though, that I think everyone thinks they can do it. Mm -hmm. But you can't most of the time. Like, I know I can't do British. They ended up mixing up, like, the different dialects because there's so many different. Right. Like, like us. Yeah, exactly. I get that. It's like someone trying to do an American <laughs> accent, but it sounds like like a mixture of a Southerner and like mm. someone from the Bronx. You know, sometimes on both countries, you end up throwing Australian in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, neither of us are Australian. Right. But for some reason, people trying to do British comes out Australian and people trying to do American comes out Australian. That's so funny. You're right. Very weird. Anyways, I have a TikTok I want to discuss. Okay. So I was doing my normal late night scrolling because what else do people do at As night? As we do. <laughs> and this girl popped up. Oh, let me get her name for you. Uh, oh, the jar with two R's. Mm. She has a theory on the parent trap. Okay. You can only be the type of girl that wants to go live with the dad or the mom. There's no in between. I I think I would agree. I'm struggling with this because really? I truly don't know who I would want to live with. Oh, man. Lindsay Lohan, Parent Trap. Just yeah. for some of you boomers out there that think we're talking <laughs> about the other one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. It would be nice, I think, to like visit both like on a normal but basis. A, but you'd you have to choose. With? Right. Ugh. And I mean, take the other sister out of this. This isn't like... Right. One of you goes here, one of you goes here in terms of separating a twin. Just literally, they divorce and they give you the choice. Do you mm-hmm. want to live in Napa on this vineyard with dad? Or do you want to live in London, like downtown London right. with mom? Oh, I feel like I'd choose dad. It's funny because I've been leaning towards mom. Mm hmm. And I go back and forth. I think the trick definitely is to visit both. I would try to do the whole 50-50, I think. Yeah. If you couldn't, you had to choose one. That's where I'm leaning. The end of her theory, though, which I thought was the part that I was like, oh, I got to save this. We're going to talk about it. Mm -hmm. She believes that you cannot be best friends with someone if you both agree on the same place. Oh. So it's funny you said the dad. (laughs) Wow. <laughs> yeah, she called that. Over and this right. is the last episode. <laughs> this would have been it. <laughs> this is. So I'm glad you got it right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wow. Which makes sense because that's why they're such close friends, even. Well, and they hate each other, but then they love each other. Mm-hmm. Even outside of the sisterhood, because 
they're so different, but they're so similar. Right. Which is where both play in the plan. And I think, <laughs> like, the experiences and the qualities that the other has, yeah. the other is, like, like appreciates, you know? That's that so it's like versus the, weakness. Yeah, yeah. The perfect balance. Which, so. I mean, that's true in any relationship in general. And if you all start to look at your friendships or your significant other relationships, that's how it's supposed to be. You're supposed to balance each other out. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, you can have a lot in common or a lot different, but it tends to lead to more frustration or no frustration to the point where it's like, you know, you're supposed to argue with your significant other. Yeah. Like, it's not normal to never fight. Right. And you can't be too similar. Right. Like, it just doesn't work. I, I think I would go crazy. Yeah, me too. There was actually a study I saw recently talking about birth control where women who are on birth control for like extended periods of time end up choosing a partner that is most similar to them versus really? if you're not on it, you end up choosing someone who has um, like diverse genetics. Interesting. I wonder why though. I know. I think it somehow alters your hormonal something i don't know sense that's really interesting just i mean that we've talked about this many times before the human body is bonkers it's crazy (laughs) like i wish i truly understood what was going on in there osmosis jones explained most of it yeah but he clearly missed something (laughs) we're still lacking (laughs) some critical details didn't he have a tv series after the fact i don't know can you google it for us (laughs) <laughs> we talked about we're very earlier. fast googlers <laughs> if you didn't know oh i think gosh. it said something about um yep. ozzy and drix oh Only yeah that does sound years. familiar what years 2002 and 2004 the movie was 2001 so it makes mm, sense yeah but i yeah i think it said something about like being able to like tell your partner's like I don't know, genetic makeup or diversity or something based on like their pheromones. And I guess when you're on birth control, you can't properly judge by that or like smell That's it. I don't know. <laughs> and then it, it was saying like when women who are on like birth control for like 10 years and they end up coming off the birth control, they realize their partner sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's one way to put it. Right. No, I mean, you want to have... It's not even a seeking out drama thing. I think yeah. so many people jump to that conclusion. Oh, you're a drama magnet. Is that a thing? Yeah, I know what <laughs> you, you mean. You love the drama. <laughs> right. But no, that's not the case. It's just you can't be sitting around all day doing everything exactly mm-hmm. alike. You need to have some differentiation because that's how you go in adventures. That's how you discover new things about right. yourself and how they discover new things about them and vice versa. Yeah. So And friends, too. We've gotten way off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> Would it really be an introduction to an episode if we didn't? Well... <laughs> It's funny, and I thought about this earlier today when I was out getting our seltzers uh, because I was listening to this podcast. But uh, one of our uh, friends, Katie, recommended this podcast, I don't know, like six months ago. But I recently started listening to it again because I've been traveling for work again, and I listen to podcasts when I travel. Mm -hmm. It's literally what I do. And I'm just so deep into this. It's called Girls Gotta Eat. It's these two single girls who live in New York. I'm still back in the 2018s. 
Um, like those were multiple years. I'm still <laughs> back in the 2018 season where, you know, pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. I'm very curious to hear how this shifts as they get to 2020. But, yeah. you know, they're still living life normal and free. It's it's almost confusing oh, at times. So nostalgic. <laughs> oh, they're like, we were out at this bar. I'm like, you were? <laughs> Did you have your mask? <laughs> it's so conflicting at times. But they talk a lot about relationships. Mm -hmm. Like I said, they're both single ladies in their 30s, but they also date a ton. And that's kind of what their podcast is, is just talking about dating. And they're very open and honest about the fact that they don't necessarily follow the advice they give them others. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But they talk about crap like this all the time. So it's just so funny because we're talking about this. And I feel like we're them. Right. <laughs> we're totally not. <laughs> One day we might be on their level. <laughs> Maybe. I think they had a big following when they started. Mm. Well, we can't all have that, can we? Right. Some of us have to climb up from the ditches of nothingness. We are growing organically. <laughs> but we are going to, I guess, hop into our seltzer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Good timing. So this week we are trying the Loud Lemon Spiked Sparkling Lemonade, which um, let's see, I just realized was a thing maybe a month ago. It's been out. For it's a while. been out for a long it's time. Been a long time. <laughs> um, she was really excited when she found them, though. Yeah, because you know I'm a lemon lover, right. so this was right up my alley. So <laughs> we're gonna be trying one of their variety packs today, but I will give you a little bit of history on the company if they want to make their website work. Well, Um, while you're doing that, let's just go on our quick little rant because this was not the original pack for today. Right. I did have something else in mind. For those of you who don't follow Seltzer News, which means they're not following us because we post all this shit. (laughs) Or you're just waiting for us to tell you yeah, because you okay. trust us we'll that much. That. Yeah. Okay. White Claw has a new flavor out and they promoted it pretty heavily, which we had just talked about this a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Bud Light's coming out with new stuff. Truly's coming out with new stuff. White Claw, where are you at? So they, you know, touted, oh, we got this new flavor coming out. Get excited. They actually posted as if they were coming out with two new flavors, if I'm not mistaken. Um, maybe it was just the one. I don't know. the The marketing was really confusing. I thought there was a whole new pack coming. Well, and that's kind of where we're getting to is they release this new flavor and they make a huge deal out of it. And for those who haven't seen it, it's passion fruit. But <laughs> it's nothing new. <laughs> they didn't like come out with it individually. They put it in a pack, but not a new pack. They replaced mango in their variety pack number two. Which, why would you? That's one of the best flavors. I, like, I'm still, I, I, I can't process this marketing and what the thought process was behind it. It just, even, anyways, we're on the way to the store or I'm on the way to the store and Dana's running a little late this morning. So she texts me and I'm like, hey, I'm on my way anyways. Do you want me to grab your pack? And she goes, oh, Yeah. I was going to do the new White Claw. And I was like, I hate to tell you this. <laughs> <I> was, <laughs> There's no new White Claw. I was disappointed. Yeah. And it it's confusing, too, because it's like, are they going to just have two variety pack number twos? And if you want passion fruit, you just hope that your store has that one? Or I think it's just the one now. But now mango. It, 
So if you want mango, you just have to buy the mango pack. I it's, guess so. It's, uh, it's very weird. And, you know, White Claw, you're one of the originals. We love you for that, for introducing Spike Seltzer to the world. Yeah. Y- you got to keep up your game. Right. <laughs> like, Truly's out here busting out new flavors on the regular, mm-hmm. new types new branding new products take right. out the seltzers they're coming out with the truly toppers truly lights truly gear they're like keeping up bud lights doing the same yeah they're on a mission and <laughs> it's working white claw you came out with one new thing in the past six months and it was literally just one flavor <laughs> we need more from you i mean if you're not even going to consider any of the other seltzer brands out there, like forget Bud Light, forget everyone else, Truly is probably your number one competitor. Right. And they're innovating. Yeah. And you're not. Yeah. And we want you to come out with new stuff so we can try it, but you're not really helping us out here. Right. We have some episodes coming up um, for, well, oh, today's March 1st. Yay. Yay. For March Madness this month, where we're finally going to do the face-off that we've been talking about since uh, September of last year, a.k.a. episode number one. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we're going to put them to the test. We're finally going to put Truly next to White Claw in our seltzer bracket and really, you know, see if it's truly beating them out at this point. So, I mean... We'll have more on this to come. And we'll include the passion fruit just for shits and giggles. But I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it it better be good. If you're just going to come out with one, it better be good. I just, that's what kills me. You've spent, I don't know how long developing one flavor. And in that time, Bud Light came out with three new flavor packs. Truly came out with two new extras, an entire new brand of flavoring, mm-hmm. multiple new, two new flavor packs too. Actually, I always forget about their holiday right, one. Right, the holiday pack. Just keep going, White Claw. You can't stop where you're ahead. I feel like if everyone else can do it, it can't be that hard to come up with a new flavor. Yeah. Like We'll let you know because we're going to come up with our own. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be White Claw to the market. <laughs> right. I mean, at this rate. Um. Okay, so I'll give you a little bit on Loud Lemon, they really don't have a lot of information about like their history on their website, but I'll tell you about their mission. So Loud Lemon exists the same way any other beverage does, but it is their aim to serve far more to the world than just another liquid in a pretty can. It is our hope that Loud Lemon captures folks' imagination, brings people together when there are way too many things that we let divide us, celebrates what's permanently good about each of us, all of us lemons, and brings out the best in us all. And it says, we're grateful for you and appreciate you all. We invite you all to come up with us on this journey. And above all else, we invite you to live out loud. And they are crafted and canned by, so that Loud Lemon like is their brewing company name. And it is made in Memphis, Tennessee. Oh, I yeah. didn't know that part. I like their message though. They actually have an entire like foundation and all. They're giving back to the community. It just got really hot in here. Um, <laughs> like, it just hit me. I can't decide if I'm a hot or cold today. Well, I have the air on. It's mid-February when we're recording this, and I have the air on because North Carolina. Am I right? False spring. <sighs> no, I think I don't even know if it's false this year. That's true. Anyways, ground we're off the rails. Um, that's my new thing. Off the rails. <laughs> Off the rails. <laughs> um, 
Right. So they have a foundation and everything. I was actually at a um, show, I guess a week ago. Oh, my yeah. God. It was literally a week ago. It feels like a month ago. <laughs> um, a week ago, and they were a sponsor of it. And, you know, it was their foundation. And all the pro- proceeds from this go to, I, I wish I had paid more attention to what charity. I want to say kids. Something kids. <laughs> we like but, helping the children. Right. I mean, just the fact that they're doing anything to kind of help give back to their community is always something we want to, you know, applaud in a company. So right. this was one, like we said, Dana discovered. <laughs> <laughs> she discovered it. I mean, she did not. She just discovered it a little bit after. A little others. late. A little late. That's okay. Um, it happens. It does. At least you found it. <laughs> it's funny because there's this huge billboard in our city full with it, but it's kind of on a road that you really wouldn't be on it unless you had a reason to. Yeah. It's not like a major intersection. Intersection. Interstate. <laughs> I go that way because my dog's dog sitters over there. Mm. Otherwise, I would never go that way. <laughs> so she texts me and I go, there's like a huge like billboard for it, <laughs> like on seventy. <laughs> like what? <laughs> it's been up for a while too, but you know, at the same time, that might have been because they were expanding. So maybe they're like Topo Chico. Yeah, maybe. We don't know. Anyways, what are we drinking first? <laughs> uh, so first we're gonna. Well, I'll tell you all the flavors in the pack: blueberry, watermelon, original which is just lemon and peach. So first we're going to be trying blueberry. What are you most excited for? Um, I think peach, which is funny because it's last, but. I think she's just choosing the last one. No, no. <laughs> I, actually, I think I feel like the last few we've had, I'd, I've liked the peach flavor, but um, I don't know. Mine is never going to be peach, just for the record. Yeah. In case you all are wondering, my my most highly anticipated never going to be peach. In this case, it's probably a tie between these two, blueberry and watermelon. Yeah. They all sound good. I love blueberry lemon stuff. Like, I'm not a big lemon, as y'all know, but blueberry lemon has something special that I love. They're higher in calories than a lot of packs. I think because they're more lemonade based. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. Uh, 5% juice, so that could be why. Mm, eight grams of carbs. Interesting. Well, yeah, this might not be the one for maybe those keto drunks. Yeah. We're not keto. So <laughs> um, <laughs> I get more lemon than blueberry. I get a little bit of gasoline, and that's good. Oh, God. <laughs> It's a very light underset, and I'm one of those people that loves the smell of gas, mm-hmm. but not to drink. I, I I am getting both. I'm getting lemon. I'm getting blueberry, but in this weird way, in this weird way, I'm also getting gas. Mm. It does have a weird smell. It doesn't smell like gas to me, but I can see how you would get there. The scent's gone for me now. Okay, it's back. <clears throat> it's going in and out. Um, I was going to say, so Nashville, Tennessee has this uh, vodka company, Pickers, and I'm obsessed with their blueberry vodka. It's like the best thing I've ever mm-hmm. had. I love it. They also make a drink like cans. I, I can't find them here, but I get them in Tennessee. 
Oh, um, I think you, um, I think I tried one of those when I was with you when yeah, we went there. Yeah. Probably mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it being good. But they have a blueberry lemon. And ever since though, ever since I had that, those two flavors combined has become one of my favorites. Um, that's why I'm so anxious for this one. But that's also why I'm being a little more harsh on the smell, I think. Well, let's hope the taste outweighs the smell. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Definitely lemonade. Wow. It is loud also. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's sour. That's not, I don't really know what to think. It's not bad by any means. It's You have to go in with a different mindset, and I mm-hmm. don't think I did. <laughs> You have to prepare for lemonade, not seltzer. It has some fizziness, but I went in with seltzer. It's so funny because I was actually the opposite and expecting more lemonade, which means I wanted it to be sweeter. But because it is a seltzer lemonade, I feel like it's a little more tart. But right there, lemonade is debatable. Some people, when they think lemonade, might think sour. Right. So that's hard to say. That's like a preference. My personal preference of lemonade. Yeah. I don't drink lemonade, so that's not an issue for me. Do you consider Chick-fil-A lemonade sweeter or sour? Um, it's a little more tart. Okay. I always get the diet. Yeah. I don't think there's a difference for them in terms of taste. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't had the original one in so long. I don't get either, so. <laughs> I've had them. I yeah. Just it's often. just been forever. I mean, I, def- I definitely don't dislike it. And I think actually because it's not so sweet will help the day drinkability factor. But I don't know. I'm still not getting much blueberry. No, but you know what? I got really sick once at a tailgate drinking like lemonade. And this is giving me flashbacks. Oh. Uh-oh. I have a feeling I'm going to be making um, adjustments today. Yeah. Let's do the next one. All right. So next we're trying watermelon. These cans are cute too. It looks like a speaker, which I'm sure was part of their design. Oh, yeah. That's cute. Even the like fruit is like a little dial. It's like dialed all the way up. I think this one's going to smell better because I sniffed the can. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's nice. I um, That is one I would do a candle for. Yeah, it smells like natural watermelon. I'm still getting a lot of the lemon, but I'm not getting that gasoline scent. Um, Agreed. It's definitely a lot. I I can't fault them. It's called loud lemon. Yeah. I have to expect lemon. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to process, but I have to. It's just so different than what we normally drink, I feel like. Even when we kind of go off and do something different. I mean, this is bold. There are tons of Spike Lemonades out there. Let's be real. Spike Lemonade existed long before Spike True. Seltzer. Um, if you're not counting, just vodka seltzer. <laughs> but it's been a long time since I think I've had a Spiked Lemonade. I mean, we could get some mics and put it up next <laughs> That's to That's the OG. what we think. <laughs> Twisted tea. Right. That's tea. <laughs> yeah. I think they had like a lemon one, but it was still oh a tea. Oh, I'm like drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay's ready to try this. Come on. Are you going to understand when I'm excited? Because I'll like, take a sniff and I'll automatically 
exactly bring it to my <laughs> lips without thinking. So yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Ooh, I like that. That one's better. That one's a lot better. The day drinkability on that is <clears throat> soaring. Like I yeah. could drink that easily all day. That's really good. So today is March 1st and it kicks off Women's History Month. You go, girl. <laughs> all right. <laughs> anyways no just kidding so we're gonna be celebrating all month um by this episode today because we're gonna try to remember to post stuff but in case we don't you at least have this um obviously we're both women yes (laughs) in case you couldn't tell (laughs) um so we hold this very near and dear to us and to be honest I don't think I've ever seen a lot of emphasis on Women's History Month. Yeah, I agree. Not to the point that I would like. Agreed. You know, there's a lot of um, different month themes, and I just feel like this one gets kind of pushed over, much like women do. Yes. And, you know, it's ironic now that I'm thinking about it. The whole story of the NCAA locker rooms last year came out in March because of Mm -hmm. March Madness. And, like, I didn't even put two and two together at the time. Like, we're supposed to be celebrating women's accomplishments. You can't even give them as nice a locker room as the men. Right. It's kind of a joke, but... I know. We're going to be honoring, I guess, um, it's kind of a mix. We're going to honor some women that you've probably heard of. We're going to talk about some women that maybe you've never heard of. Um, I think Dana focused a little more on people you might know. Mm-hmm. Mine is some people you might know and some people I never even heard of. So right. we kind of want to make sure everyone's credited here. And, you know, there's lots of different ways um, women can make history. I feel like when you hear the word history, you go straight to, I don't George Washington. Right. Like the history of a country, a war history. Mm-hmm. That's you can be historic and not have anything to do with a political stance. Right. Or a medical stance. Agreed. So we I hope have a good mix. We do not know who each other wrote down. So we're going to hope that we don't have the same people. Hopefully not. If so, then, you know, just more accolades and accomplishments and inspirational material to share about that person so Mm -hmm. and so we have um 10 total plus a bonus at the end who i did not put any research behind (laughs) um you'll see why though okay (laughs) uh so we're gonna trade off five and five Am I doing math right yes 10 divided by two is five and then we'll do our (laughs) break uh do you want to go first uh sure Okay, so my first woman that inspires me is, of course, one that we've brought up many times on this podcast and is near and dear to our hearts, Miss Dolly Parton. I knew you were going to take one of mine. That's why I came (laughs) out with a six, because I knew we were both going to do Dolly Parton. Yeah. So I guess we'll both go on this one. (laughs) Okay. Um, So let's see. I kind of pulled together a timeline from a couple different websites of just mostly her philanthropic uh, accomplishments and things that she's done to kind of help the community. Is that exactly what you did? (laughs) Why didn't you just let me tell you who's on my list? Because I knew Dolly Parton was likely going to end up on both of our lists. And I was like, I want to be surprised, though, which is why I came up with the sixth one. All right. Well, we love Dolly. 
Yeah. I'm not surprised. <laughs> All right. So um, starting in 1988 is where I'll kind of start with uh, things that she's done to kind of help, you know, the nation, her community. So she started the Dollywood Foundation. She originally launched the organization in her home county of Sevier County, Tennessee. Am I pronouncing that right? Yeah. Uh, with the goal of decreasing high school dropout rates, she then started the Buddy Program in which she gave $500 to every 7th and 8th grader who finished high school. And according to the organization, the initiative was successful and the dropout rate declined 35% to just 6%. So um, after that, in 1989, she offered a $500 scholarship to every student in Sevier County who wished to attend Hawassi College. In 1991, uh, she built the Eagle Mountain Sanctuary at Dollywood, which was a 30,000 30, square foot aviary managed by the American Eagle Foundation Shelters and is the largest collection of non-releasable bald eagles. Her efforts to preserve the bald eagle earned her the Partnership Award from the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service in 2003. In 1995, she started the Dollywood Foundation's Imagination Library and began sending one book per month to each enrolled child in Sevier County from birth until their first year of school. And the library was founded in honor of Pardon's father, who was unable to read, which now this program has been extended nationwide. We mm -hmm. used it with Lucas. It was awesome. Um, in 1999, she was inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame. I had to throw that in there because it's special. Um, 2000, she started the Dolly Parton Scholarship. And every year, the $15,000 college scholarship is offered to five high school seniors in Sevier County. And according to the Dollywood Foundation, the scholarship is awarded to those who have a dream they wish to pursue and can successfully communicate their plan and commitment to realize their dreams. In 2007, she did a benefit concert for the new Sevier County Hospital and raised $500,000. In 2016, she did a telethon after the devastating East Tennessee wildfires and raised more than $13 million. In 2016, she started the My People Fund, um, which provided $1,000 a month for six months to families whose homes were completely destroyed amid the natural disaster. The fund also donated $8.9 million to those in need. In 2016, she started the Special Merit Scholarship and awarded a $30,000 scholarship to two-year-old Evie Johns in celebration of Imagination Library's accomplishment of shipping out one million books per month. In 2017, she gave a million-dollar donation to the Monroe Correll Junior Children's Hospital at Vanderbilt University in honor of her niece, who was treated for leukemia at the hospital, and finally, in 2020, she donated a million dollars to coronavirus research, which helped fund Moderna's COVID-19 vaccine. So, like, obviously, she has a bunch of different top albums, has won a bunch of Grammys, but I feel like what really makes Dolly so special is all of these things and more. So what do you have? Um, I have most of the same. I mean, and, and that's kind of where we both wrote her down. And I had a feeling we both were because she goes so far above just wanting to represent, you know, it's not just about her either. She, you know, secretly does a lot of these things right. and it's not revealed until later that she was involved. Um, I didn't really do a timeline so much as just background behind her. Uh, the one thing I did have in 2018 Parton was honored by the library of Congress on account of the charity sending out its a hundredth millionth book. 
So, I mean, this literally, and it's in U.S., Canada, U.K., Australia, and Ireland. She's not just doing this in the U.S. I did not know it This expanded. is worldwide. Yeah, That's this amazing. is a big deal. 850,000 kids a month. The other part of the Dollywood Foundation that's funded through her profits is, you know, besides bringing jobs and tax revenue to the depressed regions, but she also works to raise money for the American Red Cross on the regular, as well as HIV and AIDS related charities. Um, I did talk about the COVID-19 pandemic. I didn't realize... I guess I missed these things, but she had made a comment um, after she donated the money that she feels that, you know, others who can afford this should also be making these donations. Mm -hmm. I know that's been a hot topic in the world over the last year. Um, She said, I'm a very proud girl today to know I had anything at all to do with something that's going to help us through this crazy pandemic. Um, She herself got the vaccine, of course, in March and 2021 yes (laughs) (laughs) and she labeled her social media accounts where she documented it as dolly gets a dose of her own medicine oh she's so cute she just really i mean goes above and beyond and it's so funny because i wrote about a lot of pretty amazing women but dolly parton was one that i was like literally tearing up at times when i'd write her stuff or typing out her info because She's just done so much to give right. back and she does it selflessly. Um, there was an article came out. I, it's probably it's more. Uh, what's the word? Hypothetically, I guess. Mm-hmm. But someone was saying that, you know, when you calculate the money she's donated over the years and the foundations that she's created, she would be in probably the top three of billionaires. But because she's doing stuff with her money and giving back, she's not. She's merely still a millionaire. Which to her is like, I mean, that's a dream if you think of where she came from and how she was brought up. I mean. Guys, let's get real. No one needs a billion dollars. No one. Nobody. (laughs) Like, what are you doing with that money? I know it sounds appealing. But I just, we're going to get too political if we go into this. But no one needs a billion dollars. If you can make that kind of money, there's really no reason to not try to give back. Right. So we love you for that, Dolly. Yes. Our top top fan. <laughs> <laughs> so my first person uh, was Katherine Johnson. I, I think a lot of people know who she is and a lot of people don't. Um, I did write their birth years down. I don't know why. I did too. I don't know why either. <laughs> I was like, I feel like I need to. She was born in 1918 and actually just recently died in 2020. But for those of you who have seen Hidden Figures, she is who the movie's based off of. Um, and this is kind of tying off the fact that, you know, we just finished Black History Month. It's going straight to Women's History Month. Mm-hmm. So she's kind of been honored at both. Um, She's an American mathematician whose calculations of orbital mechanics as a NASA employee were critical to the success of the first and subsequent U.S. crewed space flights. During her 33-year career at NASA and its predecessor, she earned a reputation for mastering complex manual calculations and helped pioneer the use of computers to perform the task. The space agency noted her historical role as one of the first African-American women to work as a NASA scientist. Johnson's work included calculating trajectories, launch windows, and emergency return paths for Project Mercury. Mer- <laughs> Why is that word always? 
Mercury. That is a hard word. <laughs> Base flight is like February. Yeah. <laughs> See, I just did it. <laughs> Don't pronounce the R. It's like February. You want to pronounce the R. Um, space flights, including those for astronauts Alan Shepard, the first American in space, and John Glenn, the first American in orbit, and rendezvous pass for the Apollo lunar module and command module on flights to the moon. Her calculations were also essential to the beginning of the space shuttle program, and she worked on plans for a mission to Mars. She was known as a human computer for her tremendous mathematical capability and ability to work with space trajectories with such little technology and recognition at the time. In 2015, President Barack Obama awarded Johnson the Presidential Medal of Freedom. In 2016, she was presented with the Silver Snoopy Award by NASA... <laughs> NASA astronaut Leland D. Melvin and a NASA Group Achievement Award. She was per- she was portrayed by Taraji P. Henson as a lead character in the 2016 film Hidden Figures. In 2019, Johnson was awarded the Congressional Gold Medal by the United States Congress, and in 2021, she was inducted into the National Woman's Hall of Fame, which I had to put a note. I did not know this Hall of Fame existed which I think in itself is a travesty because I have to think that means a lot of people don't know this is a place. I've never heard of it. Yeah. It's been around since 1969. <laughs> this is, and this is, no, we're, we're not going to get on politicals. Um, but as of 2021, the Hall of Fame is 303 inductees. But, you know, I saw Hidden Figures years ago. I did not know who Katherine Johnson was prior to mm-hmm. that. And her story is just very... Again, she's not doing anything necessarily historical in terms of, you know, um, creating or stopping a war. Right. But she's made such an impact to the science world and, you know, for not just her, but for black Americans as well, that you have to honor her. Yeah. And I mean, if you just think about what she was able to accomplish with very little technology. I mean, you think someone trying to do this today, it's, I'm sure it was a big deal in the face of adversity. So thank you for representing her in our episode. <laughs> okay. So my next inspirational woman is none other than Megan Jovan Ruth Pete, also known as Megan the Stallion. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, I love her. She's amazing. And I'll tell you why. So, just to list off a few awards that she's been given six BET awards, five BET hip hop awards, three Grammy awards. And she was named one of time magazines, 100 most influential people of 2020. Um, and so I'll give you a little backstory. Um, first, how she got her name was in high school because of her body type. A lot of boys and men referred to her as a stallion. So instead of her kind of taking that, internally and being self-conscious she said all right then i'm a stallion and that's how she got her name so she just embraced her body right and then um she actually started rapping in high school but she was afraid to tell anyone like she was embarrassed of it and so when she um, graduated from high school and started going to texas a&m university day one she was like i'm a rapper and that was her she just fully embraced it after her first year of college she came home and told her mom 
I can rap like I can do this. And her mom did not believe her. And she basically like did a freestyle for her. And her mother said, you're not allowed to do any of that publicly until you're either 21 or you graduate from college. And she honored her mother's wishes and she did not release any of her music until she was 21. So I love that. Um, In 2018, Megan became the first female rapper to ever sign with the label 300 Entertainment since it began in 2012. Um, in 2019, she, her mother and her grandmother actually died in the same month. And, um, you know, her mother was a huge part of her story. She was a big inspiration for her. And, um, you know, after her mom had basically battled brain cancer for a while, you know, she passed away. So if you think about, you know, that could completely just devastate someone and cause them to give up and she just kept going. So I love that. Um, also in 2019, she contributed $15,000 worth of Thanksgiving turkeys and helped hand them out to 1,050 households in need at the Houston Food Bank Pantry. In 2020, Megan Thee Stallion donated over $10,000 to bail relief effort for Houston protesters. The same month, Megan teamed up with Amazon Music to donate to a nursing facility in Houston. Um, All the proceeds collected from Megan Thee Stallion and Beyonce's Savage Remix went to Bread of Life, which helped local Houston communities with COVID-19 relief efforts. The song was able to bring in over $2.5 million. In October 2020, Megan partnered again with Amazon Music's Rap Rotation to launch the Don't Stop Scholarship Fund, which awarded two women of color pursuing an associate, bachelor, or postgraduate degree in any field, and the um, scholarships were $10,000 each. In February 2021, Megan launched Hotties Helping Houston and worked with Democratic Texas Rep Sheila Jackson Lee, the National Association of Christian Churches and Disaster Services, Taraji P. Henson, 300 Entertainment, Maroon 5, Revlon, Miel Organics, Fashion Nova, and Billie Eilish to help senior citizens and single moms recover from the storm. And in 2021, she... I was able to graduate from Texas Southern University with a Bachelor in Science in Health Administration. And so part of the inspiration behind her major was that because of, um, you know, her grandmother, she wanted to get a degree in this field so that she could open long-term care facilities in Houston. And then also in 2021, she was awarded the 18th Congressional District Humanitarian Award. So she's done a lot for her community. Yeah. And I feel like she... um, should be an inspiration to girls everywhere. I feel like a lot of people don't know how much she's done. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't realize, I think, how much. Let's be real. A lot of these famous people give back in some sort of form. Right. We don't highlight how deep some of this goes. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think it's on purpose a lot of the time. It's because they don't want to bring attention. It's, it's a selfless act. Right. And when you bring attention to it, it's no longer as selfless. I mm-hmm. guess. Um, but that's why it's important to, you know, recognize in these months why their contributions are so big. And I'm actually kicking ourselves that we didn't do Taraji P. Henson. Cause she's now come up twice. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that was three. Okay. So my next one and please bear with me in pronouncing the name. I had to look it up is Hedy Lamar. She was born in 1914 and died in 2000, but she is an Austrian born American film, Austrian born American film actress 
and inventor. And I just looked it up. And apparently she's in the Hall of Fame, too. I looked earlier to see which of my other people were in the Hall of Fame. And I didn't see her name. But maybe I just missed up. I'm going to have to go look this up. Um, I mean, I was just on Wikipedia. <laughs> All my stuff's from Wikipedia, guys. <laughs> <laughs> After a brief early film career in Czechoslovakia, including the controversial ecstasy, she fled from her husband, a wealthy Austrian ammunition manufacturer, and secretly moved to Paris. Traveling to London, she met MGM studio head Louis B. Mayer, who offered her a movie contract in Hollywood. She became a film star with her performances. Her greatest success was as Delilah in Cecil D. B. DeMille's Samson and Delilah. She also acted on television before the release of her final film, The Female Animal. She was honored with a star of, on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in 1960. So that's her acting side. This is where her more important stuff comes in. Well, I don't want to say that. Her acting is very important. This is where the stuff came in that I think most represents her as a... Um, inspiration at the beginning of world war ii she and composer george amphiel i had to look up that one too <laughs> developed a radio guidance system for allied torpedoes that used spread spectrum and frequency hopping technology to defeat the threat of jamming by the axis powers Although the U.S. Navy did not adopt the technology until the 1960s, the principles of their work are incorporated into Bluetooth and GPS technology and are like methods used in legacy versions of CDMA and Wi-Fi. This work led to their induction into the National Inventors Hall of Fame in 2014. So she essentially created the technology that has developed the modern cell phone laptop walkie talkie you name it she was an actress on top of this that's insane i can't yeah. imagine doing both those things simultaneously she it's just you know these are the people that who thinks back to who invented these things and what's more who knew that it was a woman right these are the things that we need to be highlighting and that is our focus of today's episode yes okay uh my next oh, one more and then break Okay. My next inspirational woman is Miss Sally Ride. Uh, she was born May 26, 1951. I realize I didn't get the birth date for Megan. But anyway, in California, after high school, she went to Stanford University and she earned a degree in physics. In 1977, NASA began looking for women astronauts and she was a student at the time. So she saw the ad in the school newspaper inviting women to apply to the astronaut program thinking, you know, what the heck, my chances are pretty low. Um, she decided to apply, and she was one of six women who were picked. And then um, in June of 1983, she became the first American woman to fly into space. She was an astronaut on the space shuttle, 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 <laughs> shuttle <laughs> mission, and her job was to work the robotic arm. She used the arm to help put satellites into space, and she flew on the space shuttle again in 1984. We love a woman in STEM. Uh, she stopped working for NASA in 1987, where she started uh, teaching at the University of California in San Diego. She started looking for ways to help women and girls who wanted to study science and mathematics. She came up with the idea for NASA's EarthCam project. EarthCam lets middle school students take pictures of Earth using a camera on the International Space Station. 
and then students are able to study the pictures. In 2003, Ride was added to the Astronaut Hall of Fame, which honors astronauts for their hard work. Until her death on July 23, 2012, Ride continued to help students, especially girls, study science and mathematics. She wrote science books and other things for students and teachers, and she worked with science programs and festivals all around the United States. Um, I was going to note, there's a lot of Hall of Fames out there. I didn't know it There's like, <laughs> Is there a podcast Hall of Fame? <laughs> I think we're in it. <laughs> if there is not, we're going to be the first members. Right. The founding members. No, I think it's funny that we both kind of still had the same line while choosing different people. You can see our aim on who to honor was kind of the same. And not that we don't want to honor women everywhere. These are just the ones that we wanted to highlight today. Mm-hmm. That's funny. And I think they all have qualities that, you know, we find admirable and like things that they're do, doing just outside of their normal jobs and passions to right. help people. And yeah, we love that. It's people different than what you would think of when you think women history, I think. Right. So, all right, we're going to take a quick break and grab our next two lemon and peach, which they're just calling original. I just call them lemonade. You're right. <laughs> We will be right back. So we are back with our remaining two flavors. <laughs> I just realized <laughs> the second two are lemon and peach. Two things that I am very not fond of and somewhat mm. fearful of. Well, let's hope they knock your socks off. We'll see. Something like that. All right. Not so just for being sour. First, we're going to go back in with original, which is just lemon aid. Lemon. So, uh, let's see. Uh, I have high hopes. I just had a flashback to when we used to rate fizziness. Yeah, that was ambitious. Mm. It's Women's History Month, so it was ambitious. Yeah. What? Hello? <laughs> <laughs> they probably didn't even hear that. They heard us say hello. <laughs> Someone beat the horn. Say, My clown car is here. <laughs> this one doesn't have a strong scent. No, it smells like a lemon seltzer, I feel like. Yeah, it's very light to the point where I'm not too nervous. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm staring at this for some reason. The R looks backwards. It's not. You see? But it looks backwards to me on the can. An <laughs> original? I can't not see it. An original? Yeah. I can't not see it. That's the backwards <laughs> R. Couldn't tell me otherwise. I wish I was that um, manipulative of a person where I could be like so stubborn about convincing somebody that R is backwards that they just give up. I'm glad you're not. Is that manipulation? <laughs> <laughs> if we try this and you don't like it, I'm going to tell you it's good until you think it's good. Right. Those are the people that can argue till they're free, the hill they want to die on. They will argue till they're blue in the face. The sky is green Mm -hmm. and you're just going to give in because you don't want to argue. You're tired of arguing. (laughs) I don't understand those people. I don't have energy for that. Uh, They love it. I also like diverse opinions. (laughs) (laughs) What were you saying? I said, I like diverse opinions. So. Is you know. the sky being green a diverse opinion? No, but I would hope... No, I'm not going to give them that much credit. <laughs> I would hope they're arguing for something that makes sense, is but... Is the earth flat? <laughs> <laughs> we got to be 
careful with the word. Oh, God. <laughs> so wasn't even going to go there. We, lo- we love our Flat Earth fans. Do we have those? I don't know. But if we no, do, we got to save face. <laughs> All right. I didn't automatically sit this time. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, that's not bad. That's good. It's very nice and light. If anything, mm-hmm. I would want to use that as a mixer more than a drink. Oh, yeah. That's a I good point. I definitely mix that with some vodka and get crunk. <laughs> I miss that word. I feel like it's been making a comeback lately. Yeah, it has a little. It was Gen like. Are you trying to claim it for themselves, though? Probably. <laughs> I they mean, do that. <laughs> have you seen the tweets that are like, one was like, a Gen Zer will look you dead in the face and ask you if you've ever heard of Led Zeppelin. <laughs> it's like, yes, just because you just discovered vintage banties doesn't mean we haven't been listening to them for 40 years there was a tiktok oh god i wish i remember what band it was on the shirt of this girl who was clearly gen z she went to school with a shirt i don't remember what band was listed on the shirt but the picture was of hansen not the band listed oh no and they were like asking her they were like do you know who that is and they were like she's like well no like nobody else did like no one asked me anything versus like when we were kids people would have been like well that's not god i wish i remember the band was she could drive me nuts i feel like the lead singer of hansen mm, i wonder if it was like nirvana maybe he's just trying to pass it, it for nirvana, nirvana. I could s- or I'm just saying that because since you said something, yeah. I was like, that's right. <laughs> it just, you know, and they were kind of just joking around about it, but it was pretty funny. I need to see a side-by-side now of the lead singer of Hanson versus oh, Kurt I don't Cobain. Think the intent was them to like, it wasn't like the meme of, I'm going to tell my kids that this was a Led Zeppelin. Oh, I thought you meant like the shirt said a band, but the people in the shirt were the wrong people. It was, but I don't think it was like, a mockery to be like because this is who we're telling you it is oh no, no. it was like it seemed, a prank yeah yeah but she didn't know it was no, the wrong she people could, she yeah. wouldn't have known either way right she doesn't know who if it was nirvana who nirvana was or kurt cobain yeah and she doesn't know who hansen is right they were like singing about her <laughs> <laughs> like yeah that's a nirvana song cool well, it is it's like a mock-up of the meme though um what's the one noah's cousin recently told you Oh gosh, I don't remember now. Um, it was about it was about Harry Potter world. Um, Biltmore. Oh no, he said <laughs> it was a picture of um, Hogsmeade in Universal. He said, "Gonna tell my kids this was Asheville." <laughs> That's what it, I knew. It was something like that. Oh gosh, that meme. Yeah, it's funny. Color is going in and out on my computer. That's good. I don't think it is. Did you try restarting? I'm kidding. Don't delete our whole recording. <coughs> oh, got Rona. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> I made sure to throw a cough over there towards you i don't want you to feel left out us women gotta stick together i know at some point you just gotta get it over with right Right. (laughs) this one's hard it's really good i'm literally still writing this stuff down yeah i mean this is a i will say i'll give them credit original it the name fits it had to be good if you're gonna call it original and not just call it what it is 
You know what? It's not really like a lemonade in fairness. Like the lemon one at least. Yeah. It's more like a seltzer. Like a lemon seltzer. <laughs> which is Oh no, it says lemonade on there. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> I was gonna say, which is great. Yeah. So we're on track. No, we're not. Anyways. Uh Peach. Yes. Lindsay's favorite. Such a distinct artificialness. Yeah. It must be a really hard flavor to replicate. I've got to assume. We haven't had that much artificialness when it comes to it um, on here in our peaches. But one of these days it's going to come up and it haunts me. I like it. Mm -mm. (laughs) Nope. That's it. I had a feeling. That's it. I already know. I was like, if I like it, she's going to hate it. No, I like, I already know. Just that's <laughs> the scent. That's the exact scent that, oh my God. I mean, it's not my favorite no. scent out of the pack, but. That's it. There's this, it's, you know what? I'm not going to say this one smells fully artificial. There is an undertone of a true peachy scent, mm-hmm. but there's a weird smell right at the end. That my nostril kind of lingers on that has the artificial that already makes me feel like I'm going to get the taste that I fear. So Ooh. greatly haunts me at night. You stay awake. <laughs> Most people have nightmares about falling. I have nightmares about peaches. Oh, all right. Let's get it over with. All right. Cheers. cheers. The lemon's definitely more prominent. Yeah, I can't even taste that much peach. Kind of like it's, the blueberry. They're almost in the after. It's very faint, though. It's definitely, like, my mouth post-sip tastes peach. But during, it tasted lemon. I would agree with that. Yeah, that's weird. I don't know. Ooh, all right. It's very sour, like the blueberry. You're right. Mm-hmm. Hmm. <laughs> you could see the faces I was thinking. <laughs> oh, just wait for April. <laughs> yep, I was about to say soon. <laughs> you can't stop making grimaces at it. <laughs> I mean, they're they're all loud, so I'll give them that. I mean, it, it's got to be what they were going for. I love but you're embracing the loud. <laughs> it's. I mean, that's the only way I know how to describe it. So they did their jobs. Yeah. Okay. Well, we know what my number four is. <laughs> but I'm going to sip the lemon because I actually, I don't know. I think lemon and watermelon are going to be pretty close for me. And I'll be curious to see where they land. So when we do our maths, we shall see. We only have technically four more women and then we'll have our surprise. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the next woman that I listed, this was a short one was Annette Kellerman. She was born in 1887, died 1975. All of these people were semi-recent in terms of death, which mm-hmm. I thought was interesting. Yeah, all of them. That's crazy. Um, 1975 is not recent. <laughs> it still feels brain, recent. It still was. That was like 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> which is still not recent. <laughs> literally it's like, like 30 years. 50 years ago <laughs> at this point. 40 years ago. I was born in the 80s. 40. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Closer to 50 <laughs> than 20. An Australian professional swimmer, vaudeville star, film actress, and writer. Kellerman was one of the first women to wear a one-piece bathing costume instead of the then-accepted pantaloons. 
and inspired others to follow her example. Kellerman's swim- swimming costumes became so popular that she started her own fashion line of one-piece bathing suits. Kellerman helped popularize the sport of synchronized swimming and authored a swimming manual. She appeared in several movies, usually with aquatic themes, and as the star of the 1916 film A Daughter of the Gods, was the first major actress to appear nude in a Hollywood production. Kellerman was an advocate of health, fitness, and natural beauty throughout her life. I She's love interesting. that. So she uh, started the body positivity movement, sounds like. Yeah, in I a way. That. I mean, and that's where when I first saw her, it was like a clip it saying she was the first to do the one piece, one piece bathing suit. And my brain goes back to that scene in the notebook when they're jumping off of the rock and they're Mm -hmm. these like overall looking things. Right. Yeah. Pantaloons. I love that word. Right. You're right. Body positivity. That's exactly the best way to, because she helped women become comfortable in their skin Mm -hmm. and recognize it's all right to show off your skin a little bit. Yeah. You're not going to be, well, unfortunately for some people you are, you're not going to be looked at as a whore. Right. (laughs) As long as you're around good people. You can still be modest without being ashamed of your body. Right. The two things can coincide. Well, and I mean, this was a big time period of when that kind of view started to shift and mm-hmm. recognize that, you know, women weren't the lesser of two. Um, it's so funny when I think about like the 1950s, 19 or no, 1940s, 1950s, mm-hmm. and then the shift to 1960s and maybe more towards the hippie movement of the 1960s. It's such a drastic shift suddenly. And I mean, God bless those women for, you know, getting out there and being who they wanted to be. But it's so crazy when you think about it. Right. I mean, you have to imagine they were probably like very scared to be, you know, part of that movement. Right. It's like, I don't even know if we have anything that compares today. You know? Well, it's I mean somewhat we do I mean it was such a drastic time in terms of all of a sudden we go from this life of two beds in the bedroom and you don't even want to talk about the fact these people are let alone marry I'm sorry having sex let alone even marry Mm -hmm. to the free love movement and the love everybody and everyone's equal in a way we're kind of back to having to have the same right so Anyway, well, again, not getting political today. (laughs) Yes. All right. So my next inspirational woman is Tarana Burke. She was born in 1973. A proud native of the Bronx, New York, Tarana's passion for community organizing began in the late 1980s when as a young girl, she joined a youth leadership organization called 21st Century Youth Leadership Movement. She led and participated in initiatives around issues like police brutality, housing inequality, and economic justice across the city. That work, coupled with a desire to deepen her academic education and organizing skills, led her to Alabama State University, a historically black institution. Cannot read today. Her organizing and advocacy work continued through college and remains a pillar of her professional life. Her career took an intentional turn towards supporting survivors of sexual violence while living in Selma, Alabama and working for 21st Century. She encountered dozens of black girls with stories of sexual violence, abuse, and exploitation, 
stories with which she personally identified. Tarana realized too many girls were trying their best to survive without access to resources, safe spaces, and support. So in 2005, she created Just Be Incorporated, an organization committed to the empowerment and wellness of black girls. The Me Too movement was born shortly thereafter as an entry to healing for survivors and a mechanism for developing survivor leaders. In 2017, when Me Too as a hashtag went viral, Tarana emerged as a global leader in the evolving conversation around sexual violence. She placed the focus back on survivors and the need for survivor-centered, survivor-led solutions. Her theory of empowerment through empathy is changing the way the world thinks and talks about sexual violence, consent, and bodily autonomy. Tarana uses her platform to share the messages that healing is possible, survivors are leaders, and ending sexual violence has to be a social justice priority, which has touched and inspired millions of survivors who previously lived with the pain, shame, and trauma of their experience in isolation. In 2018... Tarana founded Me Too International, a global nonprofit organization that serves as a container for the vision and framework for the Me Too movement. The organization serves as, conv- as a convener, innovator, thought leader, and organizer across the mainstream and the grassroots to address systems that allow for the proliferation of sexual violence, specifically in black, queer, trans, disabled, and all communities of color. She was named 2017 Time Magazine's Person of the Year, 2018 Time uh, 100 Most Influential People. She was given the 2019 Sydney Peace Prize and Harvard Gleitzman Citizen Activist Award. And in 2020, uh, she was named one of US to- USA Today's Women of the Decade, among many other honors and recognitions. So thank you, Tanara. She did. <laughs> that's a big deal because that's a reminder that you know history doesn't necessarily mean the past mm-hmm. we're currently living in a historic time i mean our timeline is going on someone in the future will look at this and report to it and speak to it um, absolutely yeah that's a big deal i like that um do that so did you just do two or one how many have we done just one <laughs> I can't keep track. <laughs> she was trying to keep track before we came back from the break. I was like, oh, we got to drink <laughs> She was right to do it because here I am not keeping track. Okay. So um, I was going to say my last one. My pseudo last one is Irina Sendler or Sendel Roa. Uh, that's her name in Poland. Uh, she was born in 1912, died in 2008. So Irina was a Polish humanitarian, social worker, and nurse who served in the Polish underground resistance during World War II in German-occupied Warsaw. From October 1943, she was head of the children's section of Zagoda, the Polish Council to Aid Jews. I hope I pronounced that right. In the 1930s, Sendler conducted her social work as one of the activists connected to the Free Polish University. From 1935 to October 1943, she worked for the Department of Social Welfare and Public Health of the city of Warsaw. During the war, she pursued... Excuse me, I don't know those words. I need a moment. Conspiratorial activities. It's like a ten-syllable word. (laughs) Conspiracy, conspiratorial. Such as rescuing Jews, primarily as part of the network of workers and volunteers from that department, mostly women. 
Sendler participated with dozens of others in smuggling Jewish children out of the Warsaw ghetto and then providing them with false identity documents and sheltering with willing Polish families or in orphanages with other care facilities, including Catholic nun covenants, saving those children from the Holocaust. The German occupiers suspected Sendler's involvement in the Polish underground. In October 1943, she was arrested by the Gestapo, but she managed to hide the list of the names and locations of the rescued Jewish children, preventing this information from falling into the hands of the Gestapo. Withstanding torture and imprisonment, Sendler never revealed anything about her work or the location of the saved children. She was sentenced to death, but narrowly escaped on the day of her scheduled execution after Zagoda bribed German officials to obtain her release. In post-war communist Poland, Sendler continued her social activism, but also pursued a government career. In 1965, she was recognized by the State of Israel as righteous among the nations. Among the many decorations Sendler received were the Gold Cross of Merit granted her in 1946 for the saving of Jews in the Order of the White Eagle, Poland's highest honor awarded late in Sendler's life for her wartime humanitarian efforts. I love that. I, there's a video. I think it's of a man, though. I was going to say there's a video of somebody who saved a bunch of Jews in the Holocaust, mm-hmm. and they don't realize that he's surrounded by them. I don't think it's her, though. I've never heard. I mean, in learning about the Holocaust and Jewish history and things like that in school, like, I mean, she's definitely one that, Maybe I learned about, but definitely not one that's talked about often. Right. Right. Which kind of right. is our of theme for doing, doing this. this. Yes. Oh, excuse me. Okay. So my last one is a pretty popular one, but one that I feel like is pretty um, influential just because of what she was able to accomplish at her young age. So Greta Thunberg. Yeah. I almost uh, did her, so I'm glad I did her. <laughs> <laughs> she was born January 3rd, 2003, which means she's six years old. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I had to do math. No. I was like, wait. <laughs> no, she's 19 she's now. But any, you know, like anytime you ask someone who's young, like when they were born, oh and they God. say 2000 something, <laughs> you're like, nope, immediately no. You're five. Oh. Um. Okay. So I did not know this about her, but maybe because I don't, maybe I'm one of the only ones, but she was actually diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome, um, which is characterized by abnormalities in social interactions, but with normal intelligence and language development. So people with Asperger's tend to focus deeply on one idea or interest. And in Thunberg's case, uh, that became climate change. So she first learned about the issue When she was eight years old, and within a few years, she changed her own habits, becoming a vegan and refusing to travel by airplane. For almost three weeks prior to the Swedish election in uh, September 2018, she missed school to sit outside the country's parliament with a sign that stated school school strike for climate in Swedish. I can't read the Swedish version, but you get the point. Although alone on the first day of the strike, she was joined each subsequent day by more and more people and her story garnered international attention. After the election, Thunberg returned to school, but continued to skip classes on Fridays to strike. And these days were called Fridays for future. Her action inspired hundreds of thousands of students around the world to participate in their own Fridays for future. Strikes were held in such countries as Belgium, Canada, Canada, the United States, the United Kingdom, Finland, 
Denmark, France, and the Netherlands. Um, so she was given the honorary fellowship of the Royal Scottish Geograph- Geographical Society. Ge- Geographical. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like, that's like, um, like cons- conspiratorial. conspiratorial. <laughs> Which I still can't say. She was one of Time's 100 most influential people, being the youngest uh, Time person of the year. She was included in the Forbes list of the world's most 100 powerful women in 2019. And she was nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize three times in 2019, 2020, and 21. So, I mean, to think about something that you were passionate about at eight and you're still fighting for it at 19, people just don't commit to stuff like that. Not even being in your 20s and being nominated for the Nobel Prize three times. Yeah. That's insane. And she has so much life left to live. Absolutely. She's going to do way more. And I can't wait to see what else she does. And thank her for her contributions. Contributions. I know. (laughs) Contributions. I promise we're not doing it on purpose. (laughs) To helping protect our environment. (laughs) So the very last person we have, like I said, I don't have history on, um, but you'll see why. (laughs) (laughs) So this was kind of our safety in case we both chose Dolly Parton. Oh, I thought you chose Betty White, too. No. (laughs) You were just worried that we were both going to choose Betty White. Yeah. Neither of us chose Betty White. We love Betty White. We just didn't choose her. Yeah. We still honor her this month. She's the best. Um. My final person is Leslie Dope. <laughs> Yay. So she's, of course, not a real person, which is why there's really no history on her because she didn't actually, like, do things to accomplish. But when you think about what she's done in terms of inspiring girls and mm-hmm. inspiring women through a fictional TV show, and I guess this is where we give credit to the creators, too, who I know are not females, but whatever. Um you, it's hard to leave her out of this kind of honoring ceremony. Yeah. Are we in a ceremony? We're in a ceremony. <laughs> Every ceremony has seltzers. <laughs> Every single one of them. That's what they really serve at the Met Gala. All the good ones. All the good ceremonies have it. The Oscars, seltzers. They just pour it in wine glasses to make it look fancy. <laughs> Why does it look like wine? Where's the bubbles? Mm, I don't know. They all use those ones that aren't see-through anymore. Um, uh, but no, Leslie, no. But I just feel she's such an inspiration to so many different people in this world. And just the way she carried herself and her development throughout the series of Parks and Rec. I know this sounds like it's a joke, but no. In all reality, it's okay to honor these women who kind of inspire you this month who aren't real people. Yeah. Um, I think if you have someone like a Leslie Nope in your life that really kind of guides you, honor them. There's nothing wrong with being inspired by a fictional character. Right. Yeah. I think another good thing about her, too, is like representation, because I can't really think of many other shows where it's a woman in government that's a positive influence versus being like a bitch or super aggressive or, you know, just trampling over people to try to get to the top. And that's Um, where her growth really comes from when you think about the early season she kind of was that ditzier mm-hmm. they almost made it look like maybe she had 
a little bit of mental um, disability. Yeah, like not picking up on social cues and things like that. But yeah, you're right. She does kind of grow and become Mm -hmm. like a really inspirational person. Right. And so, I mean, we'd love to hear y'all's kind of contributions to who inspires you this month. It was a little early. I know we usually put out a story asking for your feedback. We'll do it on March 1st. So if you're listening today, go to our Instagram story. We'll try to post it a few times this month just so that we can, you know, truly recognize as many people as we can. Um, maybe one a month on our story if we can. Yeah. One a month. One a, <laughs> one a day, day for the month. <laughs> yes. If you have someone that's influential in your life or someone that you want to honor through history, let us know. We'll feature them. And honestly, that could be your mom for all yeah. we care. Whoever inspires you to be a better you, let us know. And before we go too far, I tell you our Instagram, <laughs> let's rank our seltzers. We're going to stop, do some math, and we will be back now. Hey. I, I was trying to see if I did it too late. <laughs> you might just get a random hey. <laughs> We're going to find out when I edit, but we are going to do our final rankings. I did have a tie, but this, unlike last week, is a tie that I'm breaking because I want to. Okay. Fair enough. I think that's the best way to do this. <laughs> it is Women's History Month, so I didn't do what I want. Yeah, that's the word. It's your choice. <laughs> the rules. It's the purge of women. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> that came out wrong. It's the purge. No, there's no way to say it. That's mm. not going to sound like we're not purging women. Okay, we're not purging women. My ranking, by the way. my choice. Number four, blueberry. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I'm not shocked. Peach? Yeah, I figured that. <laughs> peach sounds like beach. <laughs> Number three. Oh, wait. Are we not going to... Peach had a 2.5. Oh, Blueberry had a 3.3. 3. Yours was low. Dang. It was really bad. She really did really not like it. it. Uh, three was Blueberry. Okay, my three was Peach. I gave it a 3.5. Okay. That's why I was like, yeah. I guess it's not that crazy. What'd you give it? A 3.5. Okay, 3.2. You were generous. 3.5? No, my mouth is right. I'm <laughs> 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 just making sure. All right, two? Uh, Watermelon. Okay, so that's where Lemon ended up. Although, mm. technically, it is the same score as my number oh, one, okay. which is Watermelon. Um, 4.1. I think... Overall, I, I'm choosing lemon as lower because ultimately, I guarantee if they were next to each other in the fridge, I would grab the watermelon first almost mm-hmm. every time. Yeah. Mine were, I mean, pretty close. I gave a watermelon a four and original a 4.1. So, okay. yeah. Um, These are, it's, it's still a good pack. What was your overall pack? 3.7. Okay, 3.5. So we're about in the same range. This is a really nice pack. It's different than what we've been doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've kind of gone on a um, streak lately of really only doing seltzers. I know we change it up a lot, but lately we haven't yeah. been. Um, it's hard to take your mind out of seltzers when drinking these. It is, <laughs> yeah. Because they are still carbonated, so you want to compare it to something, right. to a seltzer. And it's right. just not that. You know, and while we're working on our March Madness bracket, you know, we're trying to come up with fun ways to incorporate different seltzers and different, you know, drinks. And maybe this is one that we will put up against Mike's just to see. Yeah. 
this is gonna be fun (laughs) (laughs) but with that we are going to tell you to look up for the march madness bracket as well as our honoring of women this month on instagram and twitter you can find us at tipsy trials before you head over there while you're here go ahead and click subscribe follow whatever platform you are and hit that rating button and give us please please stars yes and if you would like to share a woman that inspires you with us this month so that they can be featured on our story please feel free to send us an email at tipsytrials at gmail.com or you can send that directly to our Instagram or Twitter at tipsytrials. Also, if you have any drinks or content recommendations, please also send that to our email. Again, tipsytrials at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And I guess with that, uh, we still don't have gavels, but court Court is adjourned. (laughs) adjourned. (laughs) We will see you all next week. Thanks for tuning in. Bye.